Wobbly Arrow Podcast, featuring your favorite hosts, Justin Horn and Jimmy Neese. I think I got a tick in my butt. Welcome to the Wobbly Arrow Podcast. <laughs> Speaking of gay, oh, there's uh, gay right there. Levi Morgan, you know, basically knocked all the tail feathers off them chickens by, you know, using them. <laughs> I'm gonna have to throw me down on the floor. Damn, this shit smells good. <laughs> you look good, you feel good, you hungry. So here we are again, the new segment, Poacher of the Week. That's how you know you fucked up. Yeah, that's how you know you <laughs> fucked up. You bought an Android phone, you dumbass. <laughs> Here we are. Here we are. Another exciting episode of the Wobbly Arrow Podcast. Brought to you by Rackology. If you need deer supplements or food plot seeds or fertilizers, look them up. www.rackology.org. Use coupon code WobblyArrow15. Yep. 15% off. Save some money. Holy shit. And our next sponsor... I actually got a visit with uh, on this, uh, the night that I did the podcast you're getting ready to hear, Rod from Sword Sights was there at the, you not loud enough? Huh, I'm good now. Okay. I, I could hear you over the, oh, <laughs> gotcha. Uh, Rod Notstein, the owner of uh, Sword Sights was there at the, uh, was there at the bow shop. So I got a visit with Rod for a few minutes and talked to him. Uh, looks like we're going to get to do a podcast with Rod on May the 4th when we go back to Archery World. Yeah, when he's not running around in circles. Right. When yeah. he doesn't have 187 <laughs> people yeah. pulling on his arms. Hey, Rod, Rod. So <sighs> check out Sword Sites. Go to their website. Go to your local dealer. Hit send us a message. If you're interested in purchasing one, we can hook you up. Uh, Sword Sites, we believe in them. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's what we shoot. It's what we shoot. You can't, uh, you just can't go wrong. Sword sides, uh, and Rod's a good dude. So all American made. Yep. It's, uh, and he just, he America. does such good work. It's America. Ridiculous. America. Next, uh, sponsor, not really a sponsor as much as a partner and a good friend of the show. Young guns archery. Yes. Uh, Heath and Julie McDonald. They do a fantastic job in Ohio at the ASA shoots. If you've ever had a wife, or a kid, someone with a short draw, interested in shooting a bow, but don't know what bow to get them, what'll fit them, check out Young Guns Archery. Find them on Facebook. They pull around a trailer. They've got a ton of bows, multitude of bows. They don't sell them. They just let you try them out and help you figure out what fits you the best. That's correct. They got a full setup with that trailer where they can, you can shoot different releases, a bunch of different bows. Um Yep. And just you just that way you can handle it. That way you're not ordering something offline. You don't know what you're getting because well, let's face it, you know, getting an archery as far as you know seriously can be pretty fucking expensive. Yes, you don't want to make mistakes. Yeah. So, oh, this was supposed to be clean, wasn't it? Damn. You're all right. That's it's all right. okay. Okay. We we dropped the f bomb in our intro now. So <laughs> all right, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind that's of true. out of the gate. That's true. And you know, so this episode that's coming up, you're getting ready to hear uh, the episode at the, um, I went to. Oh, can I say one more thing real yeah, quick? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Young Guns Archery is located in Germantown, Ohio. So if you live near Germantown around Cincinnati, and I'm sure if you got a hold of them, they could set you up rather than trying to go to a shoot. 
Yeah, like if, if you can't make it to a shoot, set you up. Yeah, yeah. I, I, they're probably not going to go too far out of the way because they do a lot of traveling, and it's a nonprofit organization. But if you're willing to go do it, I'd say Heath wouldn't have a problem helping a kid out around the area. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So what I was going to say is this episode you're getting ready to hear, we're just doing the intro for. It is an episode I traveled to Fairfield, Ohio this week uh, to a Matthews open house at World Archery USA. And I got to sit down with some of the best of the best in the archery world, in the target world. I didn't. Justin had FOMO. Yeah. Fear of missing out. Uh, yeah. Went right along with his usual homo. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, all, that, I, all that gay stuff. I had a really good time. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it before the episode, but I had this epiphany on the way there, Justin. What was it? So all the people that we've ever done podcasts with that have their own following, that could easily say, hey, I was on the Wobble Arrow podcast. Check it out. Yeah. None of them ever do outside of Greg Poole. <laughs> right. I think we're kind of like that fat chick. Oh, yeah, for sure. The people last call at the bar. Yeah. And then the next day they're like, what the hell was I thinking? Yeah, well, we're not like the fat chick. We're like the overly chubby, uh, uh, but, good, you know, good looking face. You know what I mean? <laughs> One you keep going back to, yeah. but you don't necessarily tell anybody. You know, <laughs> she might do a little meth on the side. And, uh, you know, she's, she's, her feet stink, yeah. but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you just, that, you know, that's, it's kind of your, kind of your go-to, you know what I mean? But you just don't tell anybody that's, that's kind of what the wild arrow is. So I was thinking on the way there that, you know, we're kind of like this girl at last call that people like to talk to and flirt with. <laughs> right. They ain't gonna, they ain't gonna put it on blast. <laughs> right. <laughs> so as I was thinking, I'm thinking, man, I wonder, I wonder if anybody's going to shout us back out. And during the episode, Braden shouts out his own podcast. Okay. He has one called Archery Uncensored. And I would urge our listeners, I haven't listened to it. Uh, I'm playing on it. Yeah. I would urge our listeners, if you get a chance, go ahead and, and check out Archery Uncensored. Uh, Braden was a uh, super nice, really nice guy. Um, Tanya Jensen, she is a little bitty tiny gal. I mean, petite, petite, petite. And she's talking about how she's shooting 22 ounces out the back now and a, like 12 up front. And I'm thinking, holy shit. Jesse Broder's over there shaking his head going, I don't even shoot that much. <laughs> how do you do that? And Jesse was there. Jesse is uh, super cool. I could see... Um, I could see the the three of them hanging out with us and getting along just fine, but Jesse, I think, would fit in really, really well. Okay, he's got that good sense of humor. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, so what are you trying to say? We need to uh, we need to try to get a a solo next time we're at the ATA show. We need to reach out to Greg and Jesse okay. and try and get them both on an episode. All right, I think it would be a really good episode. Be, okay. All right. So good. if you're in the Fairfield, Ohio area. Um, you need to check out Archery World USA. This shop is ran by Billy and Rick, two super, super nice people. They've got a nice shop there. They sold a few Matthews bows that night. Oh, did they? Sweet. Yeah. And here's the thing. If you purchase a bow from them, and I shame on me for not getting 100% of the details, but if you buy a bow between now and May the 4th, you're entered into their spring bear hunt giveaway. Oh, Okay. So if you buy a bow, you might win a bear hunt from them. And I think you have to buy a Matthews bow and a sword sight, maybe. That's the combination that you need to buy. 
Sorry, that sniff was for That's you. That's all right. I, I like it. I like a little snot on there. Do you? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Especially so, when it starts running down the back of your throat a little bit and get it kind of on the head. Oh, yeah. A little lubrication. So it was very <laughs> humbling to have people come up to me when they found out that I was Jimmy from Wablero and tell me how much they enjoyed our show. There were people who... That, that was kind of... Uh, when you told me that, I was like, I was like, really? There, we actually have more <laughs> listeners? Like, we got listeners out there? They're, yeah. they're, they're there. They're not people that we don't know. No. And you see the numbers. I mean, we have analytics and I look at them and you see the numbers. And it's God, not... They're not that impressive. <laughs> I mean, so... Well, maybe for two jackasses in Brazil, Indiana, that I mean, well, here's the thing, though. They seem like they're not that impressive, but I only talked to five or six people that I didn't know that like our show. Yeah. And I was really touched. I'm like, holy shit. There's way more than that that we don't know. That's true. And we're just you can't wrap your head around when you see these numbers. They're not Joe Rogan numbers. So you're thinking, ah, oh, yeah, that's nothing. We're over 20,000 listens now. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, when you think about it. That's a lot of people. Yeah. That's like yeah. a town. Yeah, it is. So, n- not that, you know, I was told one of our friends asked me how it went. I said, really good. I said, I was really touched. I had a few people tell me how much they enjoy the show. And they're like, geez, I need your autograph before you get famous. And I said, hell, we'll never be famous. We won't be that famous. Never. No. Never, never, never. No. But to have someone say that, and it wasn't like... An ego type thing. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that's my show. It was just like a very touching, like, thank you so much for letting me know that, you know, Justin and I can jackass back and forth. Oh, I'm and, and people and, are enjoying it. And I'm waiting to go to work. I wear, I wear my wobbler hat all the time. Yeah. I'm waiting to go to work and meeting some rando person. Like I got my phone ready to go. Take my first notice <laughs> selfie. <laughs> we got notice for the first time. I guess I should have done that. Uh-huh. Yeah, you I should have. Done that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no one asked me for a picture or to sign their titties. Oh, no, you had to ask them, though. Uh, see, that we're not that we're not that caliber. We're not we're not signing titties and taking pictures. We have, <laughs> our, we have to actually ask our fans to take a picture. Yeah. Can we take a picture with you? Yeah. Are you going to post it on Facebook or Instagram? No, you better not. I don't want to be affiliated <laughs> with you guys. <laughs> we're like the last call chick. That's right. <laughs> I need to change the banner on our Facebook page from instead of the lighter side of fishing, hunting and life. Change it to we yeah. are like yeah the fat chick at the bar we're like the last call <laughs> yeah. so anyway um, oh fat shaming we can't do that that's right yeah shame on so us so I hope you guys enjoy this episode until next time stay wobbly so, welcome to uh, we're in the Cincinnati area when you call it the Cincinnati area sure yeah Greater Fairfield, Cincinnati area Fairfield Ohio at uh, at a bow shop right now and I've got the beautiful lovely and talented Jesse Broadwater. <laughs> What's up? How are you, Jesse? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for being here. And we've got um, Tanya Jensen. Hey. Thank you for being here. Of course. And you're truly the the beautiful, lovely, and talented one here. <laughs> and we got Braden Guillotine. How are you, Braden? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Great. So tell me, what were you guys doing here tonight? So Matthew's had an open house tonight where people were welcome to come on in and shoot our new bows. And we had some barbecue. We had some ribs that were delicious. I heard that they were yeah, really it a, good. It was a really cool time. We got a meet and greet, got to got to meet all the local guys. And I think we had a I think we had a really good night. Good. Seemed like a good turnout. Yeah, we probably had, what do you think, about 100, 150 people in and out? Looks like it. Yeah, the parking lot was jam packed. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a good turnout. Um, 
So let's talk about this weekend. How are your guys' nerves at this point? Are, are you guys just relaxed and you don't worry about it till you get there to shoot? So I, think, I think at this point, the nerves haven't really hit in yet, right? Yeah, like, it's still two days away. So. Yeah. For me, it usually doesn't show up until like half an hour before we start shooting. Oh, really? Yeah. So you just, is that something where you guys mentally just don't think about it? Yeah. Jesse yeah, doesn't really I mean, have nerves till he's stacking money, right? Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you try not to. I mean, it's like, once you do it for so long, it's like you just do the same thing over and over and you realize that like nerves, they're going to be there. And like when you when you finally realize you quit worrying about being nervous, then you're not as nervous, I think, for me anyhow. And it's like, it's just go do your thing, go do your job and, you know, try to do the best you can do. And that's all you can do. You know, if you miss an X, you miss an X, you know, as long as it's a, you know, he's trying the best you could do. Um, but I try to like, I try to make, going to the shoots and, and while I'm here at the shoots, like relaxing and easy, like you really, the hardest part should be at home training and putting yourself outside your comfort zone. And you know what I mean? So and are you able to do that successfully at home? Well, I mean, I think there's different things you can do that definitely, you know, you can make it harder on yourself. And, um, you know, so that's, that's been my goal the past couple of years was to like make training at home hard to where when you go to a shoot, it seems like it's, you know, just easy and, you know, so to me, you know, the, the nerves still set in every now and again, especially, you know, there's a lot of money on the line, you know, in a Vegas shoot off or something like that. It's hard not to think about, you know, being Vegas champion and getting nervous. But, uh, yeah, I mean, every weekend's different, though. Yeah. How about you, Brad? I love what Jesse said there about making practice more important and, and increasing pressure there. I think that's something that only a few handful, you know, a handful of people do. Um, it's something that I've done over the last few years and it's definitely led to some better results. It's, it's making yourself nervous and, and beating your demons there so that when you go to a tournament and they pop up, it's, you've already got the confidence to beat them. So you've already had experience doing it. And, and a tournament is, you know, is, is no different than shooting practice as long as practice is important to you. Okay. So like, like Jesse said, it's an awesome idea to, to stay relaxed and, and stay in the shop because the only way you're going to have a good performance is if you're able to you know, bring what you had at home to a tournament. Okay. And the only way to do that is to, to be comfortable and, and downplay it as much as you can, because you're really not shooting against anybody except yourself. And the really cool thing about NFAA tournaments, as long as you take care of things on your end, you're going to have a great result. Yep. Like you're never going to lose because somebody shot better than you. Unless, as long as you stay perfect. You know? Right. Yeah. Like, you just take care of what you, you need said to that like it was easy to do. Just right? stay perfect. <laughs> I mean, just stay perfect. Right. It's right. Easy. Yeah. But like, as long as you do that, Nobody can beat you. So that's the really cool thing about this game. Like nobody's going to shoot a closest, closest center arrow and beat you like that. As long as you do your job, yep. like another Bill, Buff Bill Belichick reference, <laughs> you, everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Well, and see, that's part of the thing I love about archery too, is that you don't have to be a super strong athlete. You don't have to be gifted with height or gifted with strength. Yep. You can go out there at any size and, and, and get the job done. Now, how about, yeah. how about nerves for you? Um, how do you, do you practice at home and make it count? And yeah, definitely. I, I try to make it harder at practice. Um, some of the things I just do sometimes is shooting against Braden and I may never really win unless True. I get, I shoot really, really good, but you don't let her win Braden. <laughs> oh, I feel like I get in more trouble for letting her win because she'd know Absolutely. I let her do it. Yeah. <laughs> iron sharpens iron. Right? I think you need to let her win very often. <laughs> no, I think there's because sometimes it's so hard to get that nervousness out in practice. So 
it was one time. It was a little. It was before the World Cup final, and I was shooting with Martin Dansbow, and we were trying to get that. Like sometimes when you get nervous, you shake, and everything just feels off. So we got up on this garden table that was super wobbly. And he would like move around on it while I was shooting on it. So it felt like being nervous. So it, I wasn't nervous, but it felt just like it. And it was really good practice. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. Maybe you should, uh, you guys should incorporate that <laughs> and stand on like those bouncy balls, like some of the MMA fighters train. I'm, I'm stopping know? at Home Depot to get the wobbliest right. table they have <laughs> on the way home. Stand on one leg. You ever try to stand on one leg and shoot? Yeah, that's pretty hard. Yeah, we did that in really one year. Remember that? that? We had yeah. that shoot off. I think the winning score was an eight. <laughs> yeah. A lot harder than it, than it sounds. The winning hey, score was an eight. That. You know, the oh, three yeah. of us, we went up and uh, it was you, me, and, and Rio. Rio, I think. Yeah. yeah. And we each decided to shoot an arrow on one foot. And like we all went up and we were trying to figure out which we're like, we're talking about the strategy behind it. Left leg, right leg, which <laughs> right. should be better. And, and right leg was what we ended up with. I think so. Yeah. Because you have to have your, your center balance a little bit further back. So it was like you'd, you'd draw back with two. You'd have to take one away and shoot. Mm-hmm. And your sight picture goes oh man terribly yeah. <laughs> yeah and yeah it was like whoever shot the fastest shot was the one who won yeah like, i think jesse shot an eight and he was the winner he was the winner i can't remember <laughs> but it's hard it is hard so that um you saying your your sight picture and stuff that that brings up another question i wanted to ask you guys for for people that can shoot at your level mm-hmm. if we could see through your eyes you're looking through your peep through the scope to the target what does your pin look like? So once you're settled into the shot, I would say 95% of it is inside the big 10. Okay. It just kind of sits there calmly under pressure, like in the shoot off when you're going for inside outs, I would say my sight picture is probably inside 50% of the time, but that's kind of where all your training and everything comes into play is where your shot is consistent enough that the release breaks while it's there. Okay. So you have like, you know, your four to six seconds of aiming where you're going to be at your steadiest and you need your release to break in those four to six seconds so that you have the maximum chance of hitting the middle. And obviously if you push too hard or pull too hard, you're going to be aiming less steady. And that, that time and that, you know, that you have to shoot, it decreases. But, um, yeah, I'd say just relaxed and practice. My pin rarely ever leaves the big 10. If it does, something's wrong with my equipment and I tweak on it. Something's wrong with me or my, you know, my, my stability or my, you know, when I ate that day, something, something was wrong, but it's, it's what you have to do to compete at this level. Yep. Yep. How about you guys? I I think a lot of people think that, you know, well, you know, the pros shoot so good because I mean, you know, they never, they don't move or anything. And it's like Braden said, I think it's more, it's not about how much your bow physically moves. It's about your shot and like how well you can just go through your shot with confidence that the pin doesn't have to be, you don't have to be exactly still to hit the middle. You know what I mean? As long as you're confident enough in your shot and you go through it and you're focusing on what you want to hit, you know, 99% of the time it's going to be there. So you don't have to be physically conditioned or whatever, you know, to where you have to hold exactly still. Cause I mean, nobody holds, you know, dead still. That said, Jesse holds dead still. No, I don't. (laughs) He looks like that's like when I, people ask me like, and they're like, man, you hold dead still. And I'm like, if you could see my sight picture, like you just said, if you could look through my eyes and see my sight picture, it is not dead still ever. I mean, there's times where it'll come down and pause for a little bit, you know, and yeah, that those days are great. But 98% of the time, it's it's going to be moving pretty much all the time, you know. And, and how about you? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the same. I 
I recently put on a lot of weight on the bow to try to get it to move less because I've always had always had a bit more movement than what I would have liked, and it caused a lot of or like just just off. So I put a lot of weight on there, and it helped a lot. And now it's so close, like how Braden has it. It's like it basically stays in the Big Ten. Like it's awesome. You love it? I love it. Now, how long ago <laughs> did you make the weight change? Two months ago. Two months ago. Yeah. And you have no problem shooting that many arrows with that extra weight on there? I mean, it took like three or four days for me to get used to it. But after those three or four days, it was just amazing. It was, it was right yeah. before Lancaster. It was like two weeks, a week before Lancaster. I remember we were at, we were at league night and I was mm-hmm. struggling and I was trying to focus on all my stuff. And then she came up to me with a problem and I'm like, I was at wit's end with my own shooting and I'm like, I know how to solve this. And I don't care if you hate me for the rest of the night because I already hate myself right now. And I put like a half a pound of weight on her bow. Like, Whoa. boom. Yeah. And, and I was, was like, I was like, here, go shoot. <laughs> and like the next three ends, she was, you know, she wasn't shooting that great. And I'm like, how do you feel? She's like, it's heavy. I'm like, well, is, is it heavy? It hurts or is it heavy? Like at the gym, She's like it's at the gym. I'm like, okay, good. That's fine. I don't care about that. Get used to it. Wow. And then he's pushing. It was, it was, oh, yeah. it was some tough, yeah. tough love for sure. But uh, I think it's paid off. You want Lancaster so. two weeks later? So whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it definitely worked. I figured out what it was that I needed. I've always felt like the missing piece, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It was. Did you have to change like your shooting style? Like, where did you add the weight? Like, all in the front or? I added them both. I think she had like four ounces up front and eight yeah. on the back. So it was a super light okay. setup. And now she's at about 12 and. No, I think. Um, what is it? Like I, don't, I wouldn't know. It's your bow. 22 and 11. Okay. So yeah, it's up no. to 22. You're shooting so 22. I think. Yeah. Out the I, back. An 11 ounce. I can't huh. remember, but it's somewhere around there. Yeah. That's impressive. Right. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Because I, I shoot a light setup and I, I'm asking the question, you know, just curious as anyone else out there because i've tried to do the whole heavy weight bow and front forward and everything before and i i can't do it i mean i can do it for a little while but consistently over a long term i i don't know if it's just the type of shot i got or what what I just breaks cannot, down what's going on i mean just out the bottom out, out the, the bottom, bottom you know just literally just get weak with it and out the bottom it'll i can't even say that it I hold any better with it it's just a slower movement like i think my pin still moves the same amount it's just slower so to right. me, for, from what I've tried with it, like I don't see a benefit to me doing it other than just a little bit slower movement. I think but, that's maybe why it worked for me because I shoot so fast that it doesn't have time to move. Like it yeah. gets in the middle and I just yeah shoot it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> she doesn't punch. She's not condoning punching. <laughs> what are you? What release are you shooting? Huh? What release are you shooting? I'm shooting the goat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's I've, I've I have it set really really hard. Okay. So I can I can put my thumb on really like almost right away. Yeah. And then I just pull. start pulling back. Yep. And when you make it go off, when you said it's in the center, I'm going to make it go off. Yeah. Are you pulling harder and faster? Or are you just increasing pressure? Or are you, what are you doing to do that? Yeah. I just, I put the thumb on there like at a certain point and then I just pull back just with pull my, back. even when you need it to go. I don't, I don't think she, is, I don't think the point is being explained right. It's not that she intentionally triggers it. It's just that her shot is that aggressive and the pull happens okay. so that it breaks at that moment. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just consistency in the shot that makes it break there. So she aims in the middle and then starts executing. Gotcha. And okay. just the aggression is what causes it to go off. Okay. All right. 
that makes sense. That makes sense. So if you guys don't mind, I um, asked some listeners for questions for you oh, guys. Beautiful. And they're all appropriate. There was nothing bad, which surprised me a little bit because <laughs> we have some fun listeners. Um, let's see here. There was a good one. Uh, are you superstitious like a lucky pair of underwear that you never wash? LOL. I wear the same hat I shot my first deer with. Never wash it. Just keep spraying it down. Charles Walters. I wear a new pair of socks every morning of a tournament. <laughs> Brand new pair. Brand new pair of socks and ones. Super soft. Ultra soft. Ultra soft. Yep. Mm-hmm. And does that seem to help? I, I don't know if it seems to help, but I start off every day the feeling knee. great. Like the, <laughs> There's nothing the like that. No, they're ankles. Oh, new they socks just, and new underwear. There's feel, nothing like No, new underwear. Just new <laughs> socks. They just, it's like slip on new socks and it feels great. It's awesome. It's like, why not start off every day like that? There you go. I like that. Yeah. Um, I don't really have anything per se. Um, all I have is I have this little rock in my quiver, but that's about it. Is it a special rock? Yeah, it's supposed to bring good luck. Oh, it's, really? Yeah, it's one cool. I got from a friend. So. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And apparently it's working. You've yeah. been shooting lights out. <laughs> yeah. But you, Jesse? I don't know. Maybe I need to find my lucky rock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have anything. I mean, I, I, my kids will like make me some special little things here or there, you know, and throw in my suitcase without me knowing about it. And I'll keep that with me during the tournament. That's but, cool. Uh, I don't really have any, any solid So speaking of kids, let's take just a minute. That reminded me. Your stepson mm-hmm. is in a contest right now, and he's a yeah. dancer. I watched that video. Yeah. Holy smokes. He's great. I mean, he's, yeah, he's been doing it for a long time. He's 13 now and been dancing since he was five. And uh, that's just what he was born to do, I guess. I mean, he's does ex- exceptional at it, and that's all he does. Like every minute of the day, he's dancing, he's dancing. learning something new, trying to choreograph something new. And I was know. blown away when I watched that. Yeah. I voted for him, by the way. Awesome. Tell Thank our listeners, uh, where do they go to vote? Yeah, so if, if just go on to my, uh, I actually put a link onto my ath- athletes page. So just find, you know, go to Jesse Broadwater, my athletes page, and there's directions and a link and everything right there where okay. you can go. And he's also on Instagram now. He has an Instagram. So Uh-oh, he's going to be too, more but, famous than that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got some moves. <laughs> he'll be on Dancing with the Stars, and they'll be like, yeah. Jesse who? He, he learned, shoots a bow. Yeah, he learned zero moves from me, I can guarantee you that. <laughs> So you don't move like Jagger? I do not. I'm like a two by four. Uh, me too. Me <laughs> so, too. Yeah, but he's yeah, he's pretty pretty awesome. He um he went last weekend and he won like everything there was to win there and got scholarships and everything. And so he's does pretty well at it. And it's interesting little story. Like you know, so I do this for a living and it's mentally stressful at times. You know, trying to make sure because you're it's based on performance so you have to perform all the time and competing against these guys it's like you got to be on top of your game all the time and it gets stressful at times um, especially if you're trying to pay bills with it so when you're not out there winning you know i'm not satisfied and uh and he he kind of like he's very competitive you know as we all are and um he's starting to get to the point now to where he like, you know, if everything's just not perfect, if he's not hundred percent confident in his routine or if there's something wrong with the stage or whatever, like the last one he went to, they had something slippery on the stage and there was dancers out there like slipping all over the place. And he was, he's like a few numbers behind that and had to go out there and he was all worried about it. And he kind of had a little bit of a breakdown. He's like, I can't go out. I can't fail. You know, I can't go out there. You know, so he has every little move he makes like down to a T practices all the time. And he was worried about, you know, something happening to him out there. And so 
you can definitely tell it's like uh mentally de- demanding you know with what he does too is the same as it is with us with archery you know it's put that much time and devotion into something you know what i mean it's like oh yeah it's it's more about the mind than anything physical you know it's if your mind ain't there it doesn't matter what kind of moves you got or you know what you can have the best set up in the world but you have to physically you know mentally be there to yeah. make it all happen so oh, yeah yeah we both we we're, we're kind of now at the point where we're, we're seeing some similarities and uh whenever i come home and don't want to shoot he's calling me a loser and getting <laughs> on my case and you know whenever he doesn't take first place which isn't very often i get on his case and ride him pretty hard and, oh yeah so it's that's fantastic pretty, pretty good, yeah that is fantastic I we like just it. pulled it up and are watching this. Oh, it is it's insane. Amazing, isn't it? He's yeah. so talented. He is talented. <laughs> this is crazy. crazy talented. So I would encourage listeners to uh, head to Facebook, go to Jesse Broadwater athlete page and take a look at the video and be sure and vote for his stepson. He yeah. did a heck of a job. Appreciate that. Yep. You bet. Um, question from Troy, which is harder or more mentally demanding? Which is a harder or more mentally demanding shot to execute? This is if you're a hunter. Uh, Target shots with money on the line or an opportunity at a trophy game animal. If I ever shook at Target like I do on a deer, <laughs> right? I no one would know my name. Really? Yeah. I get so worked up and excited, and the adrenaline hits. It is. I can't compare the two. I'm sure there's people that you know get like the knee shakes in Vegas, <clears throat> Mark Gruber, uh, and can't <laughs> and, and you know it, it hurts hurts their performances. But um, I would. If, if he gets that nervous at a tournament, I'd love to see what he does in a tree. Like I, I, that's one of the things that I love about hunting is this is my escape and I let loose and like, that's my moment to just be out of control. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I, a lot of times when I'm shooting tournaments, I don't even think about the money and it's something that happens afterwards. Like there's been so many hours in preparation and like the tournament itself means more to me than the money. Yeah. Gotcha. So it's kind of yeah. like a moment to, to focus and relax and like the exuberance comes afterwards for me, the enjoy of hunting is more in the process and in the moment than it is afterwards. Yeah. Yep. Do you hunt? I, I do. I've been out a couple of times okay. a little bit. Um, I should actually have Brayden tell the story of my, he tells it better. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> she hunted a little bit last fall with us. She got her hunter safety course done and everything. And then this fall was like the first year we went out hard and we probably hunted 30 days. So we, we went out oh, yeah. and she was out there every, every sit, you know, just as excited. And it was, uh, the third morning and we we're in this ground blind in the middle of the woods in New York. And I had the deer pattern pretty good. And I knew when they were coming out and what was going to happen. I was like, all right. So just we're sitting together and I'm like, all right, the deer are going to come from our left. They're going to be on the 15 yard trail. I'll tell you when to draw back. The deer are going to walk into your sights, use your top pin and squeeze the trigger. So here come the deer down the trail. I'm like, all right, draw back. You got this. She draws back and they step in. And all of a sudden I see her sight do like a figure eight, like craziness. And then boom. And I hear the branch behind the deer, like the woods behind the deer get hit with an arrow. And she looks at me and she's like, I think I missed. I'm like, yep. It's like, I think I hit a branch. And trust me, I've cleared the lane. There is no branch anywhere. And I'm like, oh, you hit the whole darn forest. Like, and it was just like, she's like the adrenaline. It was crazy. I'm like. I know, I know. I've been telling you about this. Like, you can't practice for it. It's insane. No, it was it was so weird. Like, we had been practicing for it, but as soon as I drew back and the deer walked in front of my sight picture, I forgot how to aim. I was like, wait, what? What do I aim with? Which oh, yeah. one? And but where? Oh and yeah. I, I I don't even know what happened. 
that is the epitome yeah. of of <laughs> hunting that especially that right. first time first time i ever drew back on a deer and so my first year i hunted i didn't even get close enough to a deer to draw back Second year, the first year I had within bow range, I put, I was shooting a kisser button. I put the peep sight in the corner of my mouth. <laughs> Why can't I see my sights? Because I was just jacked to the max. I was so freaked out. Yeah. So I'm with you. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> well, my son, so my son started bow hunting in 2013. He's 16 now. Um, practiced all summer long. He was a really good shot. He shot six arrows at five deer and missed. He shot through two packages of broadheads. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Let's go out back and let's shoot at 20 and 30 and something's wrong with the bow. So he shoots at 20 and bullseye, shoots at 30 and bullseye. I said, okay, I don't want you shooting at 40 in an animal, but go ahead at the 40 yard target and shoot bullseye. I'm like, Carter, the problem's between your ears, buddy. <laughs> and we talked about centering the peep with the sight and putting the pin on the animal, pick the spot on the animal you want to hit. And since then he's like seven for seven on deer. Now he's a killing machine. But it was getting that first one. He was all over the place. Yeah, it's he was shooting at the deer. He wasn't shooting the deer. <laughs> right. The first three deer I shot, there was no tracking involved. It was like the moment the pin was on the top. I, I, you know, I drew down on the animal. As soon as the pin I needed saw brown, I sent it. Like I spined the first three animals I shot. <laughs> oh, wow. The first deer I ever shot it with a bow. I don't know. It was probably like seven or something. And we were hunting in uh, like pines. So just rows and rows. And we saw the deer coming in like... I get in this one row pine and my dad was there with me and I drew back and I had like a face mask on. I was getting ready for him to step out and it was a 30 yard shot, which is far shot for especially the first time in a deer. And, uh, like the deer stepped into the lane apparently. And my dad was there like, you know, shoot, shoot. Now he's like, put your 30 yard pin on and shoot. And uh, then the deer stepped out of the lane and then I shot and for whatever, <laughs> like I wasn't even, I didn't even notice the deer leaving. Like I just had my pin there and I was so nervous deer and I shot and my dad was like, what? what happened? I was like, what? You know, he's like, well, you shot after the deer stepped out of the lane. I'm like, I had no, I was so worked up that the deer wasn't even in my, you know, pin wasn't even near the deer when I shot. Yeah. So yeah, that was my first encounter with the bow hunting. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So yeah, definitely, definitely nerve wracking. (laughs) Do you feel better? I do. I feel so much better. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, because it happens to everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's not just me. (laughs) No. What you experience is completely normal. Yeah. And no matter how much you try and like my son Carter, I tried talking to him and telling him, Hey, you're going to feel this way. And you know, you need to be prepared and you're, you know, you're going to want to do this. Make sure you do this. It's out the window. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, when I drew back the first time, I think I even told Brayden after like two seconds, I'm like, oh my god, it feels like I've been sitting here for like a minute. Like, like, I've been holding back for it. so long. I'm like, it's been four seconds. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Our listeners are gonna love this because you guys are like literally gold medal level archers, and you're you're experiencing the same things they are. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> I appreciate you guys being so uh, open and candid. Uh, Doug, Doug's from Canada. How much vision, vision, let me try this again. I'm having a target panic of the tongue, like old <laughs> GP. How much visualization do you do to prepare for a tournament? And is there, oh, that's this. Yeah. Is there any head games played on the line? I think visualization we'll start with visualization i think it's a two-part question um visualization i think that really ties into what jesse was talking about earlier about um making practice more you know stressful than than tournaments uh there's a really good app called head to head by uh it's released by world archery 
and you're, you shoot your qualification round and you, you know, pick the event that you want to do and it, it seeds you in that event. So you oh, okay. can, you can go through and, you know, like, um, say you were like the 13th seed in the 20, you know, 2000, 2012 world championships or whatever. And it takes you through the step-by-step matches that you would have to do to win that tournament. Oh, that's really so cool. You're able to put yourself into, you know, a situation where you get to, you know, use your imagination and, and create stress. And I think that's a really valuable tool is, is doing that is, you know, imagining yourself in a situation where you ma- that makes yourself uncomfortable in practice. You can, you can overcome it and get success and get confidence in practice so you can apply it to a tournament. So that's kind of something that I think is really important. That's a cool app. Yeah. And so is that on the app store? Yeah, People it's on the just app search, store. I, I actually search suggested World Archery. earlier. Uh, just search head-to-head, uh, H-E-A-D-2, H-E-A-D, all okay. one word. Yeah, Great. Pops, pops right out. That's fantastic. How about head games on the line? Is anybody out there uh, doing head yeah, games? Yeah, I mean, there's here and there, yeah. But I think, you know, like it, at, at our level, like you just kind of blow it off. It doesn't you affect know you. That it's, you know what's going on. They've had that happen to you before, and you're like, yeah. Whatever you know, so I wish Rio had stuck around because he's really good at head games. <laughs> yeah, he's he? like he's like the champ of playing that yeah. game. Is he really? Yeah. He's like he's the always got Lex Luthor with get the you. Yeah. kryptonite. Yeah, <laughs> so. well, Rio, they're talking trash, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> he knows he's good at it. Yeah. Um do do you guys just shoot back tension in the offs? Do most of them just shoot back tension in the off season? Do they switch to something different in hunting situations? That's questions from Sean. Um, I shoot a back tension and a thumb button throughout the season, and I've been known to switch during an event. It's basically just staying ahead of target panic and, and being able to shoot a pure shot. Hunting, I shoot a hinge, absolutely, because if I shot anything with a trigger, my arrows would be in everything but deer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, I always shoot a thumb button. He okay. might be trying a hinge for hunting season next year. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'd yeah. be worse. That'd be much worse. Trust me. Yeah. I'd um, shoot, yeah. Go ahead. I'd shoot a hinge. The same release for everything. Yeah. I'd no kidding. Yep. That's impressive. I would be scared to shoot my hinge during hunting only because there's times when I feel like I have to go now. Like if the deer's, you know what I mean? If it's a split second, I don't know that. You know that, you know that thumb peg? Yeah. That you used to draw back put your thumb on there and push forward. Just push it forward. <laughs> yeah. So that becomes your trigger. It'll go now. It'll go now. <laughs> Although, I, like, I, I used to say, I shoot a three-finger with a click. And uh, but two years ago now, there's a buck that has since then been named click because apparently he heard the click. And I don't know how because it was 35 yards and a light breeze and everything. And the click's, like, whipping a tree stand. But I have it on video. I'll show it to you after. But um, I drew back on it, and he steps into the shooting lane and click, and he jumps out of the shooting lane and then trots on around me. I never could get another shot at him. But, uh, yeah, so it was a nice, so nice his, deer. So his name is Click now? His name's Click, yeah. And have you seen him since then? Uh, yes, saw him this past year. and Fantastic. He uh, eluded me again. So, so you're going to have to keep us up to date on the story of Click. Yep, yep. He's a, he's a dandy. We love, uh, our listeners love as well, anytime you develop a relationship with a deer and uh, can hunt him and be successful. I had a deer in 2015 that I called Kicker. He's my biggest buck I've ever killed. And I studied him with one of my good friends um, all summer long. Mm-hmm. Studied what time he was showing up on camera, what direction he was moving, what was the temperature, what was the wind. Put together a plan. He was showing up about 48 yards from the stand, 48 between 48 and 60. So I shot it. 70 yards all summer long practicing making sure i was gonna be ready for this one opportunity because he was a big mature buck and usually they only screw up once or twice 
he ended up coming in right behind me at like 16 yards. Mm, yeah. So, which is still good. Yeah. I mean, that was easy. Yeah. You got the job done, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. So, I have a pin for 15. But, <laughs> so I, mo- I moved to Indiana this summer and um, I'm on this property and, and I wasn't seeing very many deer, but there's this one buck that keeps showing up on camera and he's got a humongous body and a little tiny rack. And I named him Turd Ferguson. And our listeners still to this day will send me messages. Hey, well, how about Turd Ferguson? Did he make it through the season? <laughs> How's he doing? Is he all right? Yeah. How's Turd? Uh, so we've got the, the saga of Turd Ferguson. Hmm. Okay. We got time for one more question uh kurt asks what have you done to promote or support our sport of archery this is the time to toot your own horn right um so i have a podcast uh, archery uncensored you can find us on facebook archery uncensored and uh it's basically we recap tournaments and talk about you know it's it's very similar to this podcast Uh, we talk about the events uh, what happens behind the scenes at events you know like I, obviously i'm able to give a little bit more in depth than you know people reporting because i'm at the target every end so i kind of see what's going on yep uh we talk about how to you know improve your shooting we give you know tips and tricks and talk about bow setups all the time arrow setups uh, what you know what works best for different situations we talk about hunting as well so that there's definitely some crossover there yeah absolutely um, yeah that's that's awesome uh we'll be, jesse and i love coming to you know nights like this so it's it's really cool yep. to talk to people in a little bit more candid environment than a than a tournament it's really nice to get to talk to people about why you shoot equipment and get them you know allow them to test it which isn't you know always that available it's nice to you know talk to somebody about you know like the new traverse and, and put it in their hands and, and get it set up for them and see that moment of like whoa this thing's sweet yeah. because a lot of times you know we, we give the advice on facebook or anything and we never really hear back mm-hmm. so it's cool to get that immediate feedback and see people enjoying the sport and yep. talk to people who really enjoy it and and opportunities like this are, are really nice for us because it lets us put our hair down and lets us be ourselves because at tournaments and stuff it's really easy to be stressed out or you know not very approachable and right you know that's that's when we're at you know at work when we're at our jobs and if, yep. you know you never go talk to tiger woods when he's you know in the middle of a round you never ask him about your driver your slice and if you would like <laughs> could you even imagine that that'd be insane right but a lot of times we have people do it and you have to remind them like this isn't the time or the place like you know talk to us on facebook talk to us you know at an event like this so yeah. it, it's cool to to have those moments and times where you're completely open and available so podcast is archery uncensored yep okay and they can find are you on apple itunes soundcloud yeah we're on everything yeah perfect so so search archery uncensored and uh check it out thank you absolutely yep i uh i mean i think just just making yourself available you know like Braden said at all times you know whether it be social media you know whatever messages um that's very important you know for for top level archers you know as young kids aspire and look up to you. I mean, you got to make yourself available and help them out as much as you can. But also like Braden said, coming to events like this at the, you know, the, like the roots, like at shops, you know, this is where a lot of it, you know, stems from, you know, they're, they have the equipment and they're setting the guys up right. And, um, you know, they're getting them started and getting them going. And then if they have questions after that, you know, that, you know, then that's kind of where, you know, they can ask whoever they want, you know, different pros or whatever and get their opinions on things. But um, it's very important to have a good relationship with like the shops out there. I mean, because like I say, that's kind of the roots of, of a lot of it. Um, but yeah, I would say just making, you know, making yourself available, you know, no matter no matter who it is, you know, or, or what time or whatever. I mean, I spend a lot of time, you know, just answering questions, you know, on Facebook and stuff. And, uh, you know, it's just might be the simplest little thing, but people can't figure it out. And, you know, you help them out and give, give them the right direction to go. And they're, 
totally satisfied with it. And, you know, the, it's cool when they check back in with you too. And you're like, Hey man, I tried that. And yeah, my score went up 10 points or whatever. Yeah, you that know, that's cool. gratitude of that is, is, you know, that's, that's really nice. Um, you know, but we, like we do something, you know, me and Chelsea, I know you guys have probably heard like with the pink Arrow project mm-hmm. and taking aim at cancer challenge. So like archery has gave me you like know, giving me the platform to like do something much bigger than just archery and the archery community. I mean, it's allowed me the platform to, you know, help basically help defeat cancer or try to anyhow, you know, and yep. I never would, you know, be able to do that just on my own without archery or, you know, the platform that I have gained with it. So very fortunate you know, awesome. to have to have that and to be working with her and there's people out there, you know, like her that, I mean, she's a young kid and I mean, she has, you know, an unbelievable devotion, you know, to trying to defeat cancer and she does everything that she can to, to try to help, you know, do that. And so like working with her, you know, so that's like through archery, you meet a lot of good people that, you know, go beyond just the archery community and really try to help out, you know, different, different areas. And uh, so to me, that's, that's pretty cool. And, very cool look to continue to try to do that as long as i can so that's awesome yeah like like they both said i just whenever i have the time i try to help there was a lot of people when i was younger who gave their time and to me and helped me so i'm trying to give that back to all the young kids like even whenever i'm in denmark i only had two days no two weeks home in denmark but and I spent one of my weekends helping out at Junior Nationals because they needed help. And oh, good for you. It was really cool. And I got to coach one of the juniors in a gold final. Yeah. So Very I, cool. Whenever we have time and we we go to the, like, the local range or shop and help out wherever we can. That is fantastic. I want to thank you guys for being on the show tonight. Real quick before we... Uh, get out of here. How do they find you guys on social media? Sure. Uh, Braden Galantine. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, way more active on Facebook than anything else. Um, I try to keep my updates. Obviously our trend censored. That's probably the most up to date way to, to get a hold of me. Um, okay. Send me, send me Facebook messages. I'm not the best at it, but I'll do my best to write back to you. Perfect. Um, I'm both on Instagram and Facebook, Tanya Jansen. Um, I'll probably more on Instagram than Facebook. Are you? Okay. Yeah. Yep, same here. Just search my name on Facebook and Instagram. Jesse yep. Broadwater on both. Yep, Facebook on both, and Instagram. Yes. Okay. Uh, thank you guys very much. I appreciate you guys taking the time to uh, stop and talk to the Wobbly Arrow. Absolutely. Right. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks.